from behind, they will go to the final four. Outside of my six children being born, this is the happiest day of my life. But I will say this to you, the game ball goes to this group back here. To our fans, yes! Right there, yes! It's time to go inside the press box. Presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Now, here's your host, Nick Coffey. Good afternoon. Welcome inside the Press Box here on 1450, the Sports Buzz presented to you by Dream J.P. Proto Realtors. I'm Nick Coffey. You're hanging out with you until 6 o'clock. Got a big show lined up for you today. We are now, actually, we're just one day away from Louisville taking the court, but we are, uh, the, the Sweet 16 will get underway tonight. You've got Marquette in Miami, Arizona, Ohio State, Syracuse, Indiana, and then LaSalle, Wichita State. And um, it, we've, we spent the most part of this week just breaking down Louisville and Oregon, which, like I said, they're going to play tomorrow night at 7.15. We'll continue to do that. We're going to talk uh, at right about 5.20. We're going to be joined by Chad Doing. He's the host of Flight 750 over at Sports Radio 750, The Game. He's going to join us after this first segment to talk a little bit about um, talk a little bit about the, you know, the matchup and, and, and whatnot. And um, Today they had the press conference out there at, at Lucas Oil Stadium. Coach Patino spoke to the media, and also Luke Hancock and Peyton Siva spoke to the media. We have some audio of that. We'll get to that a little bit later. Bacon, did you get a chance to hear any of that press conference? I did not, unfortunately. I, I was caught up doing some production work today during the press conferences, and I tried to catch a little. I saw the notes that were sent. Uh, thankfully, I am since I do have a media credential, the nice people at Indianapolis were willing to send me a transcript of all the press conferences involving not only UofL, but Coach Michigan State and company. So I did kind of read through it a little bit, Yeah, and, but didn't and listen. It's kind of the same stuff you hear at every press conference, I guess. But for the most part, uh, it was interesting to hear. I thought, I don't know what it is. Maybe you just get tired of the same old guys uh, who, who do the press conferences and ask the questions here locally. But to hear the national the national perspective and ask questions to, to the players and the coaches, it's good to, to hear those things. But today's show is brought to you by Dream JP Proto Realtors. If you're buying or selling a home, there's only one call that you need to make. That is Dream JP Proto Realtors. 458-2722, and you can also check them out at jpsold.com. As I mentioned, we're going to talk to Chad Doing after this first segment, but phone lines are open right now if you guys would like to get involved. 502-384-1450 is the phone number. That's the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. The Oxmoor Ford Service Department is located next to the Oxmoor Mall. Great people, great prices, great service. That's a winning combination every day. Once again, that is the Oxmoor Ford Service Department. And tomorrow, tomorrow morning, you're going to have Mason and Myers out there from 7 to 9 doing their show right there from the Oxmoor Ford Service Department. Part of our, uh, we've got two actually on live on location uh, shows tomorrow, actually three shows, two different places. You're going to have Mason and Myers tomorrow morning out there at Oxmoor Ford Service Department. And then uh, tomorrow afternoon from 3 to 5, uh, the afternoon drive is going to be out there with Perrin Johnson and Trevor Bacon Kelsey. And then I'll be doing the show from 5 to 6 at uh, at Bistro 42 in Prospect. So you'll have uh, the three hours out there at Bistro 42. And then, of course, tomorrow morning, 7 to 9 at Oxmoor Ford Lincoln, at, at the uh, Oxmoor Ford Service Department. And um, check this out, Bacon. Bistro 42, as I mentioned yesterday, one of the best places to go and, and hang out. Uh, get, Seriously, when I we had Sam Griffin, who is the owner, we had him on the air with us last time we were out there, and he told me that he had somebody come into town and and they rate wings like that's what they do. Who has the best wings? And I'm not sure what what his rings what his wings ranked, but they were somewhere up there. They they were mentioned as some of the best wings in the country, and I tried them, and they are absolutely they 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 lived up to the expectations. And also tomorrow night, 
actually, all night long, you're going to have Miller Lite and Coors Light buckets for only $10, which you can't beat that, especially if you're trying to get out there and watch the game. And the Miller the Miller Lite girls are going to be there from 9 to 10, which, Bacon, I'm sure you're, you're upset that you're going to miss that. I am. Out the, that's a tough one. Miller Lite girls or going to see Louisville play Oregon. I might actually have to think about that one for a second. And I've seen Louisville play plenty of times live. <laughs> and you you wonder how great of a game it's going to be really with Oregon because and that's why we're going to talk to Chad doing here in, in a few moments and kind of get his perspective on it. And some of the I'm just going to basically ask him, you know, we'll obviously get to the matchup, but I'm going to ask him is is are, are, is Rick Pitino blowing smoke up our butt, or is this actually is this a really good team? And the more I look at him on on paper, I do think something that that's kind of not being mentioned until I guess it is now because a lot of people have been talking about it. But um, it went under before going into the tournament. Oregon is a really fast team. I mean, it's it's hard to argue that Oregon might be the fastest team Louisville's seen that I can remember. I mean, I, I think honestly when I look back to really fast backcourt that they played the two the one the first one that comes to my mind is UConn with with Shabazz Napier and um and Ryan Boatwright those are very very quick guards um but other than that they really haven't faced guys who can just outrun them think about this way they do a really good job of trapping and and, and getting and making guards uncomfortable but Bacon what other team if they play that has just lightning quick guards I can't think of one I mean you uh, Syracuse has a good backcourt with Trish and Carter Williams, but they're not good because of speed. Yeah, I'm thinking Cincinnati's backcourt is, is talented when they want to be, but not really much. But like you said speed is not their their forte. It's more of just ball handling and shooting. I'm thinking, I'm honestly, I, if I think back to it, I'd say maybe Florida in the lead eight last year when they went against the, that that group and, and then pulling off that win in terms of the fastest team they played. Yeah, and they had a t- and that biggest the only thing that that's in fortunately for Louisville because they are so effective with their press, they it always turns out great for them, but. If you press a team and they continue to beat the press, you're, you're hurting yourself. And Patino, highly, highly doubt that he's ever going to back away and, and stop you know, running a full-court press. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle, how Oregon handles Louisville's press. I don't think that they're going to really – I just have a t- – looking at their turnovers, and I know Patino said that their turnovers aren't necessarily because they're so careless with the ball, but because they play at a very fast pace. But if you've got – Dominique Artis and and Jonathan Floyd or Jonathan Lloyd that that are out there and they're able to just zoom by, which I don't think that's going to be the case because you consider how fast Peyton Siva and Russ Smith are. But it, it could be interesting to see. That's the matchup, really. They've got some big guys as well that's going to be competitive. But if if I think Oregon's big guys can play well and play pretty well, but if their guards don't come to play and they're not up for the task, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think it'll be a, a double digit win, easy. But uh, Peyton Siva and Luke Hancock, as I mentioned earlier, talked to the media. Uh, they did not speak yesterday locally. Patino talked talked yesterday and today, both basically the same kind of stuff, talking about how how much respect he has for Oregon and and talked about how great of a coach Dana Dana Altman is. Um, but here's what Peyton Siva had to say whenever, basically, just asked about the opponent Oregon and about uh, potentially you know overlooking them. They're a great team. You know, they won their conference tournament. They're playing really well right now. And, you know, both their guards are playing tremendous ever since their other guard came back. I think they're about 7-2 and two right now. And uh, they're playing great. Uh, in the half-court offense, you know, they move the ball really well. They're shooting lights out. And, you know, there was 8 for 11 against St. Louis. So, you know, for any team, that's going to pose a matchup problem for anybody. So we just have to continue to contain the three-point line, contain the offensive class, and I think we'll be okay. And, and the two things he said there is, is contain the three-point line and, and make sure to keep them off the offensive glass. Those, they get a lot of second-chance points, which is something I didn't really expect. When you, they, The two big guys they've got that are, that are down there rebounding, that, that, that gives them a lot of second-chance opportunities. That's actually something I heard um, one of their players who was talking to the media today, I can't remember which one it was, talked about how because they're able to get second-chance points, it kind of negates the turnovers. Because if you look at it, they, they were dominant I- against... 
I wouldn't say dominant necessarily, but they 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 gave both Oklahoma State and St. Louis their biggest losses of the season. I mean, they had St. Louis down by about 20 points the entire game. But if and, and I'm thinking, well, maybe they stopped turning the ball over. That's why. No, they they they've averaged about 18 turnovers a game. Uh, I'm sorry, maybe 16 turnovers a game, something around there. In, in the postseason, yet they've still been able to win convincingly, and it's because they get a lot of second chance points, and that's something that and second chance points are so huge, especially when you get to the tournament, and 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 you know how how that all breaks down. But another thing, I haven't actually talked about it much on this show. I think you, you and Perrin might have touched on it. I know Handsome Jimmy touched on it yesterday on his show, but Rick Pitino's comment after the Colorado State game when he basically said that. Um, you know, we play. We don't play for the draft lottery. We play for the name. We play for Louisville. Play for the name on the front of the jersey. And a lot of people making that into a shot at John Calipari, which who knows? It probably was in some way. But um, the media kind of, kind of took, you know, took to that today and asking uh, Peyton Steve about the guys and you know, do, do they th- do they put themselves ahead of everybody else and not focus on getting to the NBA just yet? He, I thought he had a really good answer for that. I think for the most part, you know, everybody has dreams of playing in the NBA. You know, we wouldn't be playing basketball if we didn't. But for right now, you know, our goal, our main goal is to, you know, make it to Atlanta and continue to win out. As far as the NBA comes, you know, it'll be there. You know, if we make it or not, you know, we're still going to play hard on the court no matter what. Uh, you know, we're living in the present. We're not living for the future. And I, you know, for Coach P, he continues to tell us if we continue to play well together as a team, then everybody will get noticed. So for us, we just kind of continue to stay within our team. And, you know, with the NBA, and a lot of people talk about it, it creates egos because, you know, a lot of people talk about this person going to NBA, this person going to NBA, then, you know, they think they're better than the rest. And for our team, everybody stays within each other. You know, everybody stays humble and grounded and, you know, try not to think about it too much. And, you know, when that time comes, when it presents itself, then I think a lot of people will be ready for it. But as of now, we're playing for each other and playing for the team. And the key word there that that, that, that you know, obviously, I think we know Peyton Siva is a humble guy, but the team is really just taken taken to that. They all have, have, have very very humble. They don't. It doesn't seem like anybody cares whether it's this guy's night or that guy's night. How many points I'm going to get? They don't worry about touches. And you couldn't say that about some previous teams here at Louisville. You couldn't say that about a lot of teams in the country. This team literally puts this, they put the the overall goal of the team ahead of any of their personal goals. I mean, these guys probably, you know, be honest with you, maybe Shane Bahannon and Wayne Blackshear, maybe they thought coming into Louisville that they'd be in the NBA by now. Who knows? Maybe they thought that. Realistic? Maybe not. But they probably had those aspirations. But now, you know, they've neither of those guys have really been Louisville's you know, main guys. I mean, they've had a big part of they've had a part of Louisville's success, but they haven't been the main guys who've really played great for Louisville in the last few weeks. But that doesn't seem to 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 to, to affect them at all, which is good to see. And and, and Luke Hancock's one of those guys is a perfect example. He is a guy who comes off the bench, and although Wayne Blackshear's still starting, Luke Hancock has is probably been one of the most important guys for Louisville in recent weeks. And he, along with the other guys, Montrez Harrell, um, Stephen Van Treese, Kevin Ware, they don't. It doesn't matter to them about coming off the bench. They know that they, they just have to stay ready. Everybody with a team like this, everybody's going to get their minutes. But this is what Luke Hancock had to say about the entire bench and, and how they've been playing well. I mean, kind of like Peyton said, we don't really, you know, anticipate too much of a fall off when starters come out uh, and other guys come in. You know, we feel like we're a strong nine deep. Um, and all those guys can play. So I think um, winning games is, is most important to us right now. And, um, you know, if somebody has to drop five minutes so somebody else can get in there and really get after it, um, I don't think anybody really cares. You know, we're, we're worried about winning and, and focusing on the next game. And that was Luke Hancock talking a little bit about the bench, and that's been the biggest part of Louisville. You've, you've been able to get solid performance but not any big-time games, maybe other than Russ Smith. But, but 
the bench has been consistent each each night night in and night out, and that's been a big part of why Louisville in the last month or so has looked better than they've than they've been all season. Guys like Hancock and Kevin Ware and Stephen Van Treese, those guys particularly have finally found their roles, and they know exactly what they need to do and and, and what what they bring to the table. So um, not a whole lot from Rick Pitino, like I mentioned. I did not grab some audio from that because it was basically the same thing that you heard yesterday at his press conference here in Louisville. I did like how you referred to the, the big guy, Kazami, as being a 42-year-old with experience. How old is he? Is he's he... 22. Okay. <laughs> but he's a freshman, right? No, he's a senior. Okay. Well, I don't – how do I – this guy's like putting up – Great stats, and I don't remember anything about him before this season. He does turn twenty three later this later in April, though. Jeez, so. he's not much older than me, <laughs> he's or he's not, not much younger than me. I'm sorry. He's almost as old as F- uh, Florida Gulf Coast's coach. <laughs> Very good point. We're going to take our break. Come back on the other side. As I mentioned, we are going to talk to Chad Doing. He's the host of Flight Seven Fifty on Sports Radio Seven Fifty, the game in Portland, Oregon. We're going to talk to him. Break down tomorrow night's game. Make sure you guys stick with us here inside the press box. Presented to you by Dream JP Proto Realtors. You are inside the press box, presented by Dream JP Perto Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line at Inside the Press Box, presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Welcome back inside the Press Box here on 1450. The Sports Buzz, Nick Coffee hanging out with you until 6 o'clock. Today's edition, as always, is brought to you by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. I'd like to welcome today's guest from 750 The Game in Portland, Oregon. He's the host of Flight 750, Chad Doing. Chad, I appreciate the time. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, asking me on the program. How you guys doing? We're doing all right. We're getting excited. It's Sweet 16 time. The game's getting kicked off tonight. And then, of course, we've got the matchup tomorrow with Louisville and Oregon, which is why we brought you on to talk a little bit about the Ducks. And before we get into the matchup with Louisville, i got to know, despite being a 12 seed, and we'll talk about how they ended up getting there, I, I'll be honest with you, I thought Oregon was, was not seeded fairly. I think a lot of people thought that, but I thought I was very high on Oklahoma State. I thought that was going to be a tough matchup for anybody. Now they're here in the second weekend. Are the folks in Oregon, is it a surprise to see this team as a 12 seed get to the second weekend? Yeah, I, I think uh, to a certain extent, I think uh, Duck fans are pleasantly surprised because you know of the quality opponents they were able to knock off. I, you know, Clearly, I think Oregon was better than the 12 seed, and if I'm Oklahoma State, I would probably be upset I had to play the Ducks in round number one, but you know, for Oregon fans, you know, they beat Oklahoma State. That was a bit of a surprise. And then they really just played well and dominated St. Louis, who was everyone's uh, dark horse going into the tournament. So, yeah, I think they've exceeded expectations. They have all season. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a group uh, that has a couple of seniors that Coach Altman's been working with. and You've got a lot of youngsters, but he's kind of done some patchwork uh, with the lineup, and it's been able to work out. Uh, but I think the big difference so far through the first two rounds you know, the Ducks, not a good shooting team throughout the season. They're better with their defense and their rebounding. You know, they're able to get hot from outside, and, uh, you know, some of the young guards uh, able to knock down some shots, and that's been the big difference so far. 
it, I look at you know I really can't understand it. I, I said it on my on the Monday show after selection Sunday. There's there's literally when you look at the numbers and the strength of schedule, the RPI, they're not great. But winning the big the Pac-12 tournament, finishing third, almost they had a chance to really close that out and get the regular season title. Did, have you have you guys been talking at all on your end about a, a reasonable explanation on how they got a 12 seed? Because I know Travis Ford is still pretty pissed about it. Well, I, I, for me, you know, I, I I'm not gonna. I think the biggest problem, if you want to look at Oregon as to why they got a 12 seed, uh, their their non-conference schedule was one of the worst in all of Division uh, One basketball, and so they were, you know, uh, seeded according to that. And then when you look at some of their uh, games in conference during the season, they struggled against some of the better teams in conference uh, to Colorado, uh, to California. They lost a big one at Stanford, and you know those games cost them. Plus, they closed out the season with back-to-back road losses at Colorado and Utah. So going into the Pac-12 tournament, they didn't have any momentum. But I think if you want to look at the 12 seed, just take a look at the non-conference schedule, and that's why the Ducks wound up where they were at. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Altman will adjust that in uh, the next in the coming years by, you know, maybe adding in a few more difficult teams uh, to play to uh, boost the non-conference. Chad Dewing of 750 The Game in Portland, Oregon, is my guest here joining me inside the press box on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. Chad, I want to talk about Tony Woods, a guy who we're very familiar with on our end. And I hadn't, I know today some of the press conference questions he was asked about his history with Louisville, but I hadn't, I didn't know if, if it was really well known how long he was here. He was actually in Louisville for a year, was thought to be, a, you know, going to be a part of the program here. Tim Fuller, a former assistant under Patino, decides to leave. Tony Woods decides to, to open it back up. Talk a little bit about how his time, how he's been in his time with Oregon. You know, Tony Woods, uh, you know, has been a pleasant uh, surprise at Oregon. Um, he's provided leadership, and you know this program. When Coach Altman took over, the cupboard was bare, uh, but Woods was one of those, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, upperclassmen that provided leadership for some of the youngsters. I would say the biggest criticism I have of Tony is that, you know, um, he doesn't, you know, give it to you night in and night out the way that he's capable of. I mean, he's got big time game. He's a very strong player. He's aggressive. Uh, um, you know, with the rebounds. And what I like about it too is that he can play with his back to the basket, and he's got a variety of different moves on the block. So. When he's engaged and he's focused, and that pretty much goes for all the Ducks' big men, E.J. Singler, uh, Arslan Kazemi, and also Tony Woods, when they're engaged and they're attacking the glass like we've seen through the first two rounds, then they're, then they're, they're very difficult to deal with. But, you know, the question is, is he going to bring it night in and night out? So far through the tournament, they've been able to do that. And I think he's going to have some motivation just because he knows he knows some of these guys a little bit. I'll be honest with you, before Louisville fans uh, were able to see how much Gorgie Zhang was going to develop and turn into the player he's been, at one time, a lot of Louisville fans thought Tony Woods was going to be the center going forward for Louisville. It's just kind of ironic to see them going head-to-head now in the Sweet 16. But talk about another guy, Dominique Artis, the guy who was a very highly touted, uh, highly touted freshman. Uh, I remember watching him a little bit on the AAU circuit. Uh, had a lot of big-time schools going after him. Very talented talented player. His numbers don't jump off the stat sheet at you, but when you look at what this team has done, they, they seem to just play a lot better and they win a lot more when he is there. How, how, how important is he to the Ducks? No, he's crucial. He, he's the most important piece, and uh, you know this, man. You know, point guard is one of the most difficult positions to fill on a, on a roster when it comes to basketball, and, and Artis is that guy, and that's part of the reason for why the Ducks struggled midway through uh, their conference schedule, because Dominic Artis got hurt he was out of the lineup, and so they didn't have a real true point guard running the team. And, and when he's on there, in fact, this uh, on Friday for tomorrow's game against Louisville, he's going to be crucial because it's not just a matter of protecting the basketball and getting it across the half-court line against Louisville Press, but the Ducks, if they're going to have success, they have to find a way to make Louisville pay 
uh, with the, uh, the, the, uh, the imbalance in numbers with their press. And uh, Dominic is a key guy. Plus, he's been able to knock down some outside shots. And when he can do that, when he can control the basketball, um, you know, the Ducks are a much better team. And, and I just can't wait to see him next full season under his belt without injury. Uh, I think this guy's going to develop into one of the best point guards. So far, I love what I see. And I think this experience for him uh, on this stage in the tournament is going to be great for his confidence. And another guard for Oregon that, that Rick Pitino spoke highly of yesterday is Lloyd. And he's a guy that uh, I actually looked at his numbers heading into the, to the big tournament. I thought he was a, guy, a kind of a guy who could be a sleeper in this region. And he's, been, he's played very well. Pitino actually compared him to Russ Smith last year, a guy who come off the bench for Louisville, played about 20 minutes a game and gave them instant energy, was, was a lot of times their leading scorer. Has, has he been somewhat of a surprise this year? Yeah, he's definitely been a surprise, um, especially lately with his improved shooting and just the way that you know, he, uh, Coach Allman has, has, has uh, you know, stuck by him throughout the season and continue to instill confidence in him. And because he's been patient with him, it's paid off. He's played well. And a couple other guys to keep an eye on. Damian Dotson's been big for the Ducks recently. And also Carlos Emery, another one of those young guards who, who, who uh, has developed into a, a late-game scorer for the Ducks. So, you know, when you look at, you know, what they had to do without artists in the lineup, they had other guys step up, you know, uh, whether it be Lloyd or, or uh, Dotson or, um, uh, you know, whether it be Kazemi on the glass. They've had other guys step up when, when Artis was out. But th- those are the guys you want to keep an eye on, Dotson, Lloyd, and also Carlos Emery. Those three guys have stepped up and have been big contributors, especially from the perimeter. Chad Doing of 750 The Game in Portland, Oregon, is my guest here inside the press box, joining me on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, previewing tomorrow's matchup in the Sweet 16 up at the Lucas Oil Stadium. Louisville and Oregon, a team that Rick Pitino said is, in his opinion, the most underrated teams in the tournament, talked about how much talent they have. And he's really just, I mean, Patino called this yesterday a coin flip game. And I have, I have some respect for what, for what Oregon has done. But we're used to Rick Patino saying things like that here. He called Colorado State the best second-round opponent he's ever had to prepare for because of how good they are. And I do think there is a, Oregon has proven that they were not giving the respect that they deserve considering what they've done in these first two tournament games. But in your opinion, what exactly, what, what has to go well for them in order to pull off the upset? Because they are still a 10-point underdog despite playing so well recently. Yeah, you know, I I appreciate Rick Pitino uh, <laughs> saying that the Ducks are the most uh, underrated team in the tournament, but that's just Coach Pitino doing Coach Pitino and you know saying the things that he does. I think the Ducks are are you know have surprised some people, but I I don't think Rick Pitino is really too concerned about what his squad may, might be able to do tomorrow. But I think for the Ducks, if they're going to uh, get the victory, uh, they've got to do a couple of things really well. They have to continue to rebound. Arslan Kazemi has 33 rebounds through two games. And the Ducks, like I mentioned, not a great shooting team, so they need second-chance point opportunities. So they've got to continue to attack the glass. They need to get inside production from Woods, Singler, and Kazemi. They, have to, they really have to be a factor. And then most importantly, make the Cardinal pay with that full-court pressure by protecting the basketball and really attacking up, uh, up court and trying to find the mismatches and, and take advantage of that. If they do those things... They've got a chance, but you know, let's keep it real here. I mean, ninety—you guys are what ninety miles away from uh, Indianapolis, and yeah, I just yes. read a ridiculous <laughs> stat yesterday that the Louisville program generates forty million dollars a year from basketball alone. Uh, I, I I feel pretty confident in saying that you know this is going to be a tall order for the Ducks to get that win tomorrow. 
Yes, it's going to be a very. I mean, Louisville. It might seem as if Louisville's playing on their home court. It certainly seemed that way when they were in Lexington, and they do have. They weren't. I don't think they were rewarded very well when it comes to overall number one seed because they've got Michigan, Michigan State, and Duke in their in their region. But when it comes to location, there's not a team that's nearly even close to Louisville's. They've they've got to go to Lexington, then to Indianapolis, which is all you know. That's very close. Two of the closest cities here in Louisville, then just down to Atlanta, which they're not too far from. So I think you're going to see a lot of red there. But um, real quick before we get you out here. I want to talk a little bit about Oregon's turnovers because when you look at this game on paper, you see, okay, well, Louisville is the best team in the country at forcing teams into turnovers. Oregon averages more turnovers than any team from the Big Six conferences. You just think that it's a terrible matchup for Oregon. Patino talked about how the reason that they do have those turnovers is because they play at a, at a, at a very fast pace and that it's not one guy that does turn the ball over a lot. But who, who I'm assuming Artis is the main guy, but is there any, from the Oregon side, I guess I should say, is there one guy you worry about that really is going to have a tough time with that press? Uh, I, I worry about everybody having a tough time with the press. Seriously, I think my biggest concern is, you know, the Ducks have been reliant all year on the youngsters that we talked about to provide scoring. And I know that the Ducks don't have any pressure because they've got nothing to lose. But I just have to wonder, can those freshmen, including Dominic Artis, continue to perform on that stage in front of that crowd against, you know, the best team in the country? I don't know. Now, one thing I would say, you know, the Ducks, talent-wise, they don't match up with Louisville. They're the best. I, know, I understand that. But Coach Altman, even though he doesn't have the, the stature of a Rick Pitino or a Tom Izzo or a, uh, uh, a Mike Krzyzewski, Coach Altman is one of the best in the country. I believe that. He's great X's and O's guy. He's really intelligent. And I think with the extra preparation time, I think that he's going to be able to come up with a game plan that should keep the Ducks competitive. And that's where I give the Ducks their most hope or their biggest chance to win is the fact that Coach Altman is one of the best and he really understands how to prepare a team and I think that extra time is going to help out the Ducks and Coach Altman. And, and Rick Pitino said that today, and he, he does speak highly of a lot of opposing coaches, but yesterday at the local press conference and today up in Indianapolis, he said that, that Coach Altman is, is, the be, is the best coach he's going to come across in this tournament. just spoke glowingly of him, and I believe it was when he was at Creighton the last time he played Louisville. It wasn't Rick Pitino coaching that team back then. It was Denny Crum, but I think the last time he played Louisville, uh, he coached against Louisville, I should say. It was in the tournament, and he knocked off he knocked off a Louisville team that was pretty good. So I, I think the, this side is definitely respecting that. He's done a great job with that program so far, especially Especially if he continues to bring in guys like Dominique Artis, I think the future is bright. But, Chad, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, man. Oh, hey, anytime, man. You guys have a good time. And, uh, like I said, I, I obviously I'll, I, I would imagine Louisville will win, but I think it could be a competitive basketball game. But, yeah, you guys have a good time, man. Anytime you need me, let me know. All right, take care, Chad. Appreciate that, man. Once again, that is Chad doing from 750, the game up there in Portland, Oregon. He is the host of the Flight 750 show, and he's uh, does a really good job. And if, you have, if you've ever uh, followed the Jim Rome show, Bacon, you were not a fan of the Jim Rome show, correct? Not too much. No. He actually got his start in broadcasting because he was a caller on the Jim Rome show. He, he was Chad in Portland. That was his name. And now he actually has a very popular show. That's there, not uncommon. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. I it's, mean, it's, his producers become a big guy. Uh, ben Mao, I believe, was a Had listener. you ever called a sports talk radio show before you started working? Yes, I used to actually call uh, Johnny Renshaw, uh, Papa Joe Shavai. That, that's how you ended up here because of Johnny Renshaw. I, ca- I called a, the, that uh, Arnie Spaniard, that block that they had back in the day in the early, uh, late, mid-90s. I used to call those shows all the time. You see, I, I listen to less sports talk radio now that I, than I did when I w- didn't used to you know, work in it. And I agree. 
I never had had never called a uh, I'd never called a show before, and then I just you know came on air and I've been here ever since. Now you and, asked for callers, but you wouldn't call in if you were one. Yeah, of Yeah, that's them. funny because <laughs> there there are people, and and I used to think if if we had you know if you only had five people calling within thirty minutes, that, oh my god, there's only five people listening to the show. Of course, you realize about three percent of the people that listen to your show would actually call in, unless there's like a a prize giveaway or something like that. By but, the way, in case we were asking earlier, Portland's an hour forty five from Eugene. Okay, they, they I will, I would be very very interested to see how many fans they actually have there because I don't you got to think they're excited because they made that second weekend they, they they surpassed expectations the NCAA shafted them with the 12 seed but yet they they overcame that but you're going to travel that far and, and and if you're an Oregon fan you can't be very confident in this game it's not like it's a it's a four seed against a one seed you've got you're a 12 seed and you lost to some bad teams I look I look at the, not just because of what Rick Pitino said but I look at what what they have on their roster and the players they have they're not great shooters Singler's a guy who can shoot a little bit. It's almost as if you look at the regular season resume, they almost had a a, a disappointing regular season because they should be better because they don't have a good schedule. I'll tell you right now, you see a lot of green in the stands in Indianapolis. It's not Oregon fans coming Michigan in. Michigan State. It's Michigan State. Make sure you take a, a good look at that shade of green because I think it's going to be a little darker than you should expect for Oregon Ducks. And I, when I was up there last, oh, God, when I was up there last time for the 2009 Final Elite Eight, which we've talked about uh, a lot this week. I didn't go to that one. Maybe this is a good omen that I'm going to this one and didn't go you to that You were not one. at that one? I did not go to that I one. I was no. there for, for both those games. It was literally a, a, a party down in Indianapolis after that Arizona ass whooping that they gave them, and then it it was just like it was like it was like the team. And I don't mean this literally. I'm not it's saying anything. I'm, trust me, I, I probably shouldn't even say this, but it felt like the team was just hungover, and they never snapped out of that hangover. And I don't mean a literal hangover, like they were out taking shots the night before. That was but, the fans, yeah. The, <laughs> but it was it was bad. And, and I remember being the green didn't the green didn't stand out as much. There was Indianapolis isn't too far away from Michigan State, so obviously I think it looked as if through, when the first two games it looked as if Louisville was we, well represented more than any other team in the region that year. But then it was Michigan State, and then Kansas had a little bit, and that was it. But the the green seemed like there was it was seemed like there was so many more people wearing green once Louisville started playing terrible in Michigan State. Goran Sutan, that son of a bitch, couldn't just couldn't miss. <laughs> I hate that dude. Still I hate this him. Day. Funny thing is, he actually ended up being a teammate of Edgar Sosa's two years later over in Italy. It, not only did and he, he rides the bench in Italy, he doesn't even play. Not only did he kill my my dreams for Louisville, but he actually even killed. I was in this pool where you, it's a fantasy draft where you draft individual players and their total points. You get a group like twelve people. And whoever, whoever's team has the most total points scored by those individual players that they drafted would win the pool. And I was dominating that. You had Scotty Reynolds on my team. And I didn't lose until I was in first place the whole way. The guy who had Gord Sutton on his team. Because he hit like five threes or something. And then in the final four and in the championship game, he scored like, I think, 15 and 17 points. Okay, in the I didn't know he had a big game. Oh, yeah, in yeah the decent games. They game. lost, but he, he still had a decent game. Because of those, out of coming out of nowhere, him doing those games, I finished in second in that pool and got squat. To a guy that annoys the hell out of me. That's no good. That's no fun. 502-384-1450 is the phone number if you guys want to get involved on the other side. We're going to take our break here shortly, but I do want to give you another quick reminder. Tomorrow we're going to have the sports. I, I call it the Swaggin' Wagon. You guys call it the Sports Buzz Mobile. Um, but we're going to be out tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, Mason and Myers in the morning at the Oxmoor Ford Service Department. And then tomorrow afternoon from 3 to 6, we'll be out at Bistro 42 in Prospect. You're going to have Perrin Johnson and Trevor Kelsey on air from 3 to 5. And then I will take over for the pregame show from 5 to 6. And as I mentioned earlier, you're going to have $10 buckets 
of Coors Light and Miller Light. You can't pass that up. So make sure you guys get on out there. If you're not going to the game, there's no other place you need to be than Bistro 42. So get on out there for that. And also want to remind you real quick to make sure you pick up your 1450 The Sports Buzz golf card. I know we've got just a few of those left. We had some more made because they were they were selling so well this year. Um, so make sure you grab yours before they are gone. The weather's going to be good this weekend. And I know that's probably why people aren't as excited about golf because the weather's been so bad. But it's going to get better. Spring is on the way. But it changes each day. You better have that that's card true. in your hand or you can't wait for it to be mailed to you. Exactly. That's true. So you guys need to check this out right away. The 2013 Sports Buzz Golf Card. Get in before they're gone. Six rounds of golf for $125. Also includes a golf cart at each of these great courses. Glen Oaks, Polo Fields, Heritage Hill, Glen Mary, Jeff Elks, and the Woodhaven Country Club. The cart's presented to you this year by Play It Again Sports. And as a bonus this year, it's going to come with some great deals from the folks over there at Play It Again Sports. You can get your card at 1450thesportsbuzz.com slash golf cart. Make sure you guys check that out. We'll be back. Stick with us here inside the press box. Presented to you by Dream J.P. Proto Realtors. You are inside the press box. Presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. You are inside the press box. Presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Welcome back inside the press box here on 1450, the Sports Buzz, presented to you by Dream JP Proto Realtors. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, there's only one call that you need to make. That's Dream JP Proto Realtors, 458-2722. You can also check them out at JP sold.com nick coffee you're hanging out with you we got about eight minutes left in the show big thanks to chad doing of uh, 750 the game in sports in uh, sports radio in portland oregon who joined me in the last segment to help preview tomorrow night's game as louisville and oregon are set to to to, to square off at 715 at lucas oil stadium up there in indianapolis and tonight's games uh, we're actually about we are about an hour and a half away from getting the sweet 16 tipped off as marquette and miami is the first game they play at 715 on cbs and then at 747 on TBS, you've got Arizona and Ohio State. If you look at it, I got I got to tell you, I think Thursday's games from top to bottom are, are probably going to be more are probably going to be more entertaining. About entertaining, but I'll tell you right now, as you are saying, those games being so close to it, I'm over here like Tommy Boy in the diner tearing up the piece of bread. I'm just Tommy so excited. Wangy? Tommy want wingy. It's okay. I got a meat lover's pizza in the trunk in case you didn't give it to me. You know, I, I just, I've been such oh, a God. withdrawal the last three oh, days. Oh, yeah. It's, sweet, it's, it's, it's tournament hangover. You it wait is. for those three, day, four days to, to really get it going. And tonight's game is going to be awesome. You've got the Marquette, Miami, Ohio State, Arizona to get it started early. Then you've got 945 Syracuse, Indiana, which I mentioned earlier this week is going to be a hell of a game. LaSalle, Wichita State. I'm not sure how exciting it's going to be, but I, I really don't know who's going to win that. I would think Wichita State's got the horses. To, to beat LaSalle, but LaSalle plays those four guards and they can get by you. Wrap your mind around this, Nick. And I, 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 talked, about around this, it. <laughs> I talked about this in the fir- during our show as well about the disrespect. Because, and rightfully so, Florida Gulf Coast being a 15 should get a lot of the Cinderella in focus. But a 9 and 13 are playing tonight in the Sweet 16. So that means basically, no matter what happens in this game, a 9 or 13 is going, going to, to play eight. for the Final Four. Yes. And I, I don't think they just did. I just don't feel like either of these teams have gotten enough respect. Well, because I think with Florida Gulf Coast, they're in a different tier. They are a team that there's a 15 well, seed. 15, they, yeah. they didn't they they didn't have a program ten years ago. That's how that's how they are. But I think with with where 
LaSalle and Wichita State are, they're not great. I mean, Wichita State's got a little bit of tradition, but not really, not historically. They you named two players that went to Wichita State? No. Xavier McDaniel, who led the nation in rebounding and scoring, and uh, Antoine Carr. I know both of those guys. Cliff, but Cliff not, Levingston also went there. went there, too. But when you saw Butler do what they did, VCU do what they did, and then I think a few years before that, it was um, George Mason do what yeah. they did with Coach Larry Nagy. They were 11 seeds. So that may, that's why it's not necessarily as surprising or shocking. And also, he, here's another thing. Look at who those two teams beat. Gonzaga, who was in the, the kind of whatever, Still number one, one seed. seed. Yes, yeah. so you give them, not, I'm not taking credit away from them, yeah. but I'm saying that when you look at it, you're really not that surprised. LaSalle had to knock off Kansas State, who was a four seed, and, you know, they're a pretty good team. Then they knocked off, um, then they ended up knocking off Ole Miss, who nobody ever thought would be there. So those two teams, yes, you give them credit. They've done a great job to get there. But um, Florida Gulf Coast, see, they're, they're so non-relevant, I can't even remember their name. <laughs> Florida Gulf Coast, they knocked off a number two seed. Not only have they been winning games, they've been busting that ass. And no disrespect to G- John Giannini and uh, Greg Marshall's uh, better halves, but I don't think their wives also have the same eye pleasure that uh, Andy Enfield's Florida Gulf Coast coach wife does. I've watched well. a lot of tournament coverage the, in the first weekend, I didn't see her on TV. And I hear they never stopped showing her. And I watched Florida Gulf Coast play. I've seen her on the internet quite a few times if you catch my drift. Well, you're lucky because when they showed her, I got DJ Yates on on, the other, on our, our show and after drive the other day when I brought this up, laughed at me. I thought she looked trailer parkish when they showed her in the state. Now, great, I saw had, a picture online of her at the game, on at the Georgetown game, and I thought the same exact thing. Yeah, she, I mean, I know she has three kids around her and she's trying to keep, you know, obviously dad's busy. But dad's a millionaire. She didn't Where's look the nanny at? Where's, I mean, they, they, obviously the guy's already a millionaire before he married her. They, they should have a nanny to at least take care of these kids. I mean, and he's a guy who, I mean, how awesome. He's winning so oh, yeah. far <laughs> right now. Good God. Charlie Sheen couldn't have said I it mean, better. I mean, he's a millionaire before he ever got the job at Florida Gulf Coast. Takes the 15th seed to the Sweet 16. First time it's ever happened. His, his wife is a Maxim model. Yeah. He's not a charmer when it comes to the looks. And he, he takes this hot broad up to Boston, <laughs> takes her to Taco Bell. Like I don't even care. I'm just giving you a ride. We'll get you a burrito on along the way. I'm not. I'm not overpaying. You know, not like you're anything special. And now he's now he's 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 just doing so well for himself. I've been to Taco Bell billions of times, and I never left with a Maxim model as, as my Lord. future wife. I just left with gallstones. He's 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 on top of the world right now. My question to you, though, which we've only got a few minutes left. A lot of these co- coaching jobs that are open. There's a lot of kind of mid. Mid majors jobs open. Then you look at Minnesota, and then you you, you obviously look to um, to the big job over at UCLA. Does he get with with just this quick this quick thing he's done here? Does he get attention for that? Does he draw that in, or I, is it too premature to kind of think he's ready for that yet? I think he does, but why even bother taking it? Like we just said, he he's got the beautiful wife. He he's he's got money. Are you kidding this me? This is just a it's hobby UCLA. for LA. It's it, it, dude. That's stress though. Why leave Florida Gulf Coast? You're in a beautiful city already. Down you're in giving Bay. him you're giving him his life too much credit because you really think that he could just die now because he's been with that woman. That's this what you're not, thinking. No, but but on top of it, like I said, he's already made millions of dollars. Gulf Coast. It doesn't matter. This is a hobby to him. But, every, but, but as a, a competitor, as a professional, and as a competitor, you want to move on to bigger and better things. That's part of it. I get, if, if it makes that much to him, yes, I'd say. But I don't know if it does. Shaka Smart, in my opinion, will leave VCU one day. Brad Stevens, I don't know if he'll ever be he ever Here's will. a question I asked this during our break between shows, and I don't know. Where does VCU keep getting this money to pay off Shaka Smart? 
Good question. I mean, they don't have the a football state of Virginia, program. Maybe I don't know. I mean, usually it's boosters that help. I can't think of one famous person that would have enough millions of dollars to donate to to keep Shaka smart. And I've never been to the state of Virginia in my life. I've been to Richmond. It's a beautiful city. I've heard that there's there's parts of the state of Virginia that are beautiful and all that. It's not a great recruiting base. It's it's probably a little underrated. But when you get to yeah, when you get to the D.C. area and all that, you're going to lose those, you're going to lose those guys to Maryland or Georgetown, that kind of area. But I could see why Brad Stevens stays at Butler. He is in college basketball, the Midwest capital of the world. World. He he has a program with a little bit of tradition. Hinkle Fieldhouse, I can get that. He he and he's he's laid a little bit more foundation than than, than Shaka has at VCU. But I don't. I just can't think it would be. I don't think it would be fun to coach VCU. I don't think that would be a good place to be. I don't know if it's a college basketball town. I, I just don't get it. Well, you, you but you're a god there. I mean, no matter what you, I'm a god there. Or he's he, a god he's there? A Shaka Smart is uh, okay. I, I now, you might sure. be too. They might have a statue for you. I don't know, but I mean, he is. And I'm, by the way, I'm looking at the, the alumni. The first name that comes to my mind. Patch Adams went to VCU. There you go. The movie that Robin Williams starred in based on his life, Patch there you Adams. Go. That, that's what they've got going on for them. But we are almost out of time uh, on today's show. Big thanks once again to our guest who came on and joined us, Chad Dewing of 750 The Game in Portland, Oregon, helped us pre- preview tomorrow night's game. And I um, want to remind you guys real quick, if you're not going to the game tomorrow, which I, I wish I wish I was too, but I've got work to do, I'll be out at Bistro 42 from 5 to 6. From 3 to 5, you're going to have Perrin Johnson and, and Trevor Bacon Kelsey doing their show from there. So get on out there. If you're in the prospect area, you know how great of a place Bistro 42 is. And if you're not out in that area and you just want to make the trip, you need to do that because it is not, there's not a better place to have a bite to eat and watch a game. So make sure you get on out there. We will be back tomorrow. Trevor, as always, thank you for your, your, your astonishing services here. You're welcome. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank, make sure you guys stick with us here on 1450 the sports but this has been another edition of inside the press box presented to you by dream jp Petal realtors